Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Sarah Kahn, President and CEO of Housing Forward, to talk about how the organization is tackling homelessness in the DFW Metroplex and what other cities could learn from their strategies and their success. As always, I want to thank our sponsor, Truve, for making this podcast possible. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. We are really excited to have you. We are, um, you know, we've been um, writing articles about Housing Forward and what you guys are doing. And so it is a privilege to have you on. Very excited. And you are newly in the role of CEO there. So why don't you give us a little bit of background on how you ended up at Housing Forward and how Housing Forward is structured? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have been at Housing Forward since 2021. I started as the chief program officer. Prior to coming to this agency, I've been working on homelessness for about 20 years, both Uh, locally in the United States, as well as internationally. So I've done a lot of work at the federal level on policy and solution development. And um, I was eager to start working closer to community and to work with Housing Forward. And Housing Forward um, is the backbone organization that leads the development and implementation of the homeless rehousing system for Dallas and Collin County. So we are the lead agency for the All Neighbors Coalition, which is a collective of about 140 organizations that all work in collaboration to solve homelessness in Dallas and Collin County. Uh, And so together we have worked to redesign our response to homelessness over the last few years with a goal of ending homelessness by providing housing and wraparound services to people who are unhoused um, and to ensure that we are also leading with racial equity and tracking equity in our system outcomes as well. Yeah, thank you so much. So, you know, that's one of the reasons that you came to our attention. So, of course, at Housing Wire, we're very interested in housing issues, and we really wanted to partner with an organization that was local to our headquarters here in Dallas. And what we saw was that Housing Forward is being recognized as really having a winning strategy. Um, homelessness is a is a you know obviously a very entrenched problem, but we saw that you guys are making real progress, and that other cities are looking to Dallas and to Houston and to some others um, to really as sort of a um, how they can adopt the same strategy. So we were really excited about that, and I can't wait to like dive in a little bit on on what that strategy looks like and what differentiates it. But maybe just to set the stage, um, tell us where the number of unhoused people stands, um, you know, nationally and and where we are. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of trends, currently in Dallas and Collin counties, there are a little over 4,400 people experiencing homelessness on any given night. And what we've seen nationally, and I'm sure you've seen the national reporting, is there has been a 12% increase in homelessness over the last year, which is the highest and most disturbing increase in homelessness that the nation has seen since we've started collecting baseline data on homelessness in 2007. Uh, But during that same period, Dallas and Collin County actually uh, experienced a reduction in overall homelessness, and we had targeted and more significant reductions in unsheltered homelessness. We reduced unsheltered homelessness by 14% and chronic homelessness by 32% in 
And during that same time period, we've really been scaling and strengthening the rehousing system, which has resulted in a substantial increase in the number of people that are being placed in housing each month, which has transcended into decreases in our overall homelessness numbers. Those are, um, you know, discouraging stats on the national level and, you know, encouraging stats when we see that you guys have been able to do stuff. But but it is encouraging to think that, you know, let's look at, let's dive into what, what you guys are doing, what's worked, how you're utilizing your resources to really uh, make a pretty big difference, especially when it's, you know, bucking that national trend. Um, so, th- so let's talk about, you know, the way Housing Forward used COVID relief funds to kickstart your efforts to combat homelessness. Tell us how you prepared to use that money to really make a difference. Yeah, so we began really transforming the way that our homeless response system tackles homelessness in 2020. And there are a few key ingredients that went into our system transformation efforts. The first was setting shared goals and bringing the community together around a shared vision. Um, And we have goals for ending veteran homelessness, uh, significantly reducing unsheltered homelessness and family and youth homelessness. After setting those shared goals, the next big move that we made was bringing our community partners together around those goals by co-designing a rehousing system that was best placed to make progress on reducing homelessness, which meant really um, defining the best practice rehousing interventions that we wanted in the community and to Uh, bring providers together on the same team uh, to deliver those standard rehousing interventions. And then the third big step after we had the goals and we worked together to really design pathways uh, to housing and pathways out of homelessness, we knew that the next big step was to align funding to that new system design so that we could scale those pathways out of homelessness. That work coincided with the community being awarded an unprecedented level of new resources through the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan Act. Um, So through the the appropriations that went to communities in those pieces of legislation, it was an opportunity to work with the city and the county and cities across Dallas and Collin County to bring their collective um, stimulus resources together to one common approach so that we could scale um, rapid rehousing. And that allowed us to then also leverage $10 million in private funding, um, which created a total of a $72 million rehousing program. That program launched and set out to house 27 individuals and families. And now we've surpassed that goal and have housed over 3,000 individuals and families through that initiative. But it really came on the backs of, you know, having a shared vision, doing the hard work together as a community to to come together on the same team and design the rehousing system and pathways out of housing or out of homelessness. And then we had an opportunity to align funding to that new system design through the resources that were coming into the community to really take all of that to scale. So those new resources really fueled, I think, the transformation that had been being built in the year prior um, and has allowed us to make significant progress on getting people back into housing with services that they need to, to remain stable over time. I think what was so striking when we when we heard this story was that the the all the planning that you did ahead of time and all the way that you structured things ahead of time let you be ready for when that came through 
you were able to really deploy it and then and then attract more money, right? So I, I guess my first question is like in other places, is it common? Like you you talked about how Housing Forward is the backbone, you know, um, of this whole community, 144 different things. Is, is that is that typical for a county or or a city to have that same sort of organization? HUD requires communities across the country to work regionally under a unified strategy and to appoint a lead agency. Our lead agency has really transformed and reorganized over the last three years to be a much stronger unifying force in bringing partners together around a shared vision. And I really think one of the big shifts that our community has made is coming together on the same team in a coordinated way. And I think what sets us apart from maybe other communities that haven't had the same level of progress that we've had in a short period of time is our ability to bring our collective force and our collective focus behind the same set of strategies so that we really can show big impact on reducing homelessness um, in a short period of time. And so I think to continue the progress that we've started will require us to continue to align in that way and to um, to stay focused on those strategies, those evidence evidence based rehousing strategies that have allowed us to make progress. So really targeting outreach to people living in unsheltered locations, to walking alongside people to connect to rental assistance and to move back into housing. And then once people are in housing, to make sure that people have the community-based resources and wraparound supports that they need to maintain that housing over the long term. Well, um, you know, it does differentiate you guys. And I would say that um, in any sort of program like this, so what do you think was key to getting everybody on the same page or at least rowing in the right direction? I mean, we would all think that, oh, yeah, that's the way this works. But we all know that's not the way this usually works. There were a couple of key ingredients there. I think we have amazing service providers and amazing um, public and private partners that we're all doing tremendous work. Um, however, I think it took having a strong lead agency and the community coming together to set shared goals and to have a shared vision to really say, let's bring all of the great work that's happening together so that we can work in a more orchestrated way to have a bigger impact. And so setting those shared goals and that shared vision for the system design, I think really helped everyone bring their collective focus together and to realize that we all have a role to play in this new system design. And if we can bring our strengths to a common way of working, we're have a much bigger impact than all of us doing amazing work, but doing it in silos. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So one of the greatest examples of that to me of what you guys are doing is is what you mentioned before on rapid rehousing. And that it that takes such a coordinated effort um, to really get someone who's unhoused into a situation where they are housed um, in a way that um, 
meets them where they're at, right? This isn't something that's like, oh, okay, we can take six weeks or we can take two weeks or we can, you know, things have to happen very, very quickly. So maybe give us a glimpse of what rapid rehousing means to your organization and kind of how you guys went about coordinating that. Yeah. So when we had the opportunity of the new funding coming into the community, we really got our community providers together to define what we wanted rapid rehousing to look like in the community. There was a lot of national best practice out there to draw from and success from other communities that we could learn from. And we sat down and did the hard work of agreeing on what are the performance outcomes that we should expect and hold ourselves accountable? What are the services that should be provided by our case managers and our community partners in a rapid rehousing model? And what, how should the rental assistance be structured? And so it was through those community conversations that we could create a standard program model that then was a lot easier to align funding to because everyone agreed and signed up to the same type of intervention. And so what that intervention looks like today is 12 months of rental assistance and uh, case management. So each case manager works with about 25 tenants at a time. And it's very sort of housing focused support to ensure that tenants have everything that they need to be able to be successful in both identifying a unit in the community that they can move into, as well as stabilizing over time and getting back on their feet over the course of those 12 months. Uh, and so we had the rapid rehousing model. We also, as, a lead, as the lead agency, centralized a lot of housing supports to streamline the rehousing process and to systematize some of the things that we knew every household needed. So there's a centralized way for making sure that anyone who is being rehoused with rapid rehousing also has furniture in their apartment or has access to some flexible dollars to be able to pay for application fees and security deposits. Um, we also have incentives available to landlords to encourage landlords to make more of their units available to the rehousing system. So there were a lot of um, changes that we made to support people in navigating the rehousing process that helped to streamline and kind of accelerate the pace at which we could move um, and move at scale to house uh, now since that program launched, we've housed over 3000 individuals and families with that approach. That's incredible. So, you know, tell us a little bit about the landlord program. So, you know, our our audience is very much people who are involved in um, housing at, at, at a lot of different levels, whether that's on the mortgage side, the real estate side, development side, landlords, you know, what have you, project management. What changed that let you kind of scale that um, effort with landlords, but, you know, compared to what you did in the past? Yeah, so we realized from, again, a lot of the community design work that we did that one of the biggest barriers to real progress is accessing rental units. And working with landlords is a very different skill set than working directly with clients and, and providing case management support. And so what came out of those community conversations was the need for a centralized housing location team that could really take on the responsibility of negotiating and engaging landlord partners to work with us. And so now we have five staff at Housing Forward who are part of the housing location team whose sole responsibility is to identify um, landlord partners to work with us by providing access into vacant units that they might have. And so um, we have spent a lot of time 
building relationships with landlords and property owners across Dallas and Collin County and negotiating with them to really provide access to the rehousing system into units that are available and vacant. And we do that through financial incentives to landlords, but we also, there's also a lot of other benefits of working with us. We, you know, can guarantee rent. (laughs) We can provide a liaison that can work with the landlord to resolve any issues maybe that they're having with the tenancy. We can also provide support to tenants to support them in, in being successful and stable in the housing. So there's a package, I think, of benefits to property owners to, to work with us. And that has really paid off in, in allowing us to build a portfolio of diverse units that are available so that as people are getting rehoused through our system, we try to make sure that um, they have um they have options that they can choose from in terms of units that meet their needs as they're moving off of, um, out of homelessness and back into housing. Um, and so we've also created an online database that our case managers can use to support tenants to shop a unit that best meets their needs. And so we've established Padmission, which is an online database that helps us manage um, and bring together those available units into one space that case managers can then sit with their clients and find units that will kind of best meet their needs. Well, and I feel like, you know, uh, bringing that together, really um, organizing that in the way that you did and and being able to scale that means that you've really streamlined a lot of the roadblocks that um, a property owner you know, might think that they were going to encounter. And the more that you can take away those obstacles and make it easy for them, then the, the better it is for everybody. Yes, absolutely. So we've talked a little bit about um, what makes um, you guys distinctive. What else would you say that you know you guys do a little bit differently or you have uh, expanded into different areas compared to other you know cities or areas that you're familiar with? I think another really key strategy right now is um, bringing targeted focus to our goals. And we really took on unsheltered and chronic homelessness in a big way this year. And that had a direct impact on significant reductions in homelessness in those two areas. And one of the key strategies for tackling unsheltered homelessness has been a partnership with um, the city of Dallas and our all neighbors coalition service providers to have a very targeted approach to providing outreach to people living in encampments and to ensure that we have a strategy for closing um, encampments where there are multiple um, people living in tents around the city by providing very targeted rehousing assistance and wraparound supports to people living in those locations. And that effort has been very successful and when we engage people living in encampments, 96% of the time, the people that we're working with say yes to working with us on housing. And so I think it's also helped to dispel the myth that people who are living outside in unsheltered locations are resistant to working with us on solutions. Um, that has certainly not been our experience as we've as we've been going into to encampments and providing that level of rehousing assistance, um, and so this year, as we continue to secure more resources based on the progress that we've made, we will want to continue to put funding into those areas that have shown real progress, and that's you know targeted street outreach, and offering people living in encampments rehousing assistance and services, so that we're not just closing encampments. Um, 
but we're closing encampments by providing people with a pathway to permanent housing. That is such a huge difference. And I think that that is a really distinctive thing. And also you guys have, have been in their communities. You've been in those encampments um, before you go in there to be like, Oh, okay, we want to offer you housing. So they know who you are. Um, you know, right. They they've, you've built up some trust and it's not just a, we see closing re- encampments all over the nation, but a lot of times it just feels like, a very um, like moving them out of sight, right? And it, it's not really about housing them. It's about moving the encampment to a different place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think communities across the country are really desperate to solve some of the challenges that homelessness is creating in their cities. And I think instinctively, um, you know, closing and cleaning up encampments is the strategy, but so often we're just sort of kicking the can <laughs> um, and essentially, you know, pe- causing people to disperse all over the community and disrupting really their lives by closing encampments without that level of intentionality to, to offer housing and support. And so I think this is a way to really get a good result, um, not only for the community, um, so that, you know, we can resolve some of the challenges that homelessness is creating for business owners and for city council members, uh, but it also obviously really um, helps to mitigate the trauma and the the worsening health conditions that people experience as they continue to live outside. Um, so I think the way that we have approached encampment closures is really kind of a win-win for everybody. Yeah, I, I think it also speaks to, you know, when you guys talked about you guys came uh, together on what it is that you were, how are you going to measure your success? How are you going to talk about what is it that we're going to do and how are we going to measure that? One of those beliefs that seems to have been an underlying belief for all of you is that you don't have to solve all these other problems before you get someone housed. So that whole idea of like, you know, you know, mental health might be a really uh, a, a big challenge for people who are unhoused and we have to first get them in you know, solve those problems before we can get them in housing. What, how do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, ultimately housing is such a critical foundation for anyone to be able to work on and make progress in other areas of your life, particularly to support people to reconnect with employment or to reconnect with community-based services or family or friends. Those types of things that we all need to remain stable really require housing as the foundation. Um, However, we also acknowledge that many of the people who are living in unsheltered locations or in encampments also, um, you know, do have more complex support needs and would like to be connected to behavioral health care. And so the more so a big priority for us is partnering with the behavioral health care system and our healthcare care partners to ensure that we're bringing that level of service on site to encampment. So as we're engaging with people in the housing process, we can also help people connect to the services that they might want and need. Uh, so behavioral health care services, mental health care services, if people want to connect with substance use treatment or other primary care services, we're trying to make that more accessible through better integration and better partnership with those agencies. That's a really good way to to talk about it. So just to be really clear, you're not like, okay, well, in order to have a house, you have to have solved X, Y, Z first, right? You're looking at like, how do we house them and, and help within that to get them what they need? Absolutely. Absolutely. We know that um, 
housing is such a critical all of social well-being <laughs> in all aspects of people's lives. And so providing housing is key. We also know that people want access to more services that may not have been available to them or there were barriers to, to getting connected to those services. And so we really want to follow the lead of the people that we're working with and not only providing pathways into housing, but also uh, to make those connections to needed support as well. I think the most important thing is just walking alongside people and being led by them and, and what they need and what their own personal goals are. Were there any other um, cities or areas that you looked to and you were like, wow, this is, you know, we want to we want to emulate this about them or this is something that we really see that's working here? Like, were you inspired or continue to be inspired by other places and what they're doing? Yeah, so we have really been um, fortunate to be neighbors with the Houston Continuum of Care, which I'm sure that you've been following, Houston has made huge progress on reducing homelessness over the last 10 plus years. And we are certainly taking a page out of their playbook in terms of some of the big shifts that we've made in the community to, to make more progress. And that includes, you know, setting shared goals and having shared vision, better coordination across partners, and really being able to bring kind of that collective force and alignment behind evidence-based strategies that are really proving to work. We've also learned a lot from them about the way in which they're closing encampments by offering rehousing um, and have, you know, studied alongside them about how to do that work well. And we're replicating really similar strategies in that regard here in Dallas as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, especially because um, Dallas and Fort Worth and Dallas, Fort Worth and Houston do share some some commonalities, but they're they're also pretty different cities in some ways. Yeah, you know, we are all different cities, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. The solution to homelessness is the same. To end homelessness, we need to move people back into housing and we need to provide services to make sure that people stay in that housing. So ultimately, um, I think that's the same solution that's going to work across the country. And it's really now just a matter of scale and making sure that uh, in any given year, our rehousing is really outpacing the number of people that are coming into the system each year. So let's talk about, and um, the last thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, when people think, I think most people, you know, would, would like to see um, homelessness eradicated, would like to see people who, you know, uh, are housed and all of that. But I do think that there can be a level of despair of kind of like, oh, it's just, it, it can't be solved. We, you know, this is not something we can really, we've been trying for decades. We've been throwing a lot of money at it. What is ha- what has helped? What makes you optimistic that we could we can make a difference in homelessness and also maybe even eradicate it? So, you know, I think obviously homelessness is being driven right now because of the affordable housing crisis in cities across the country. And that affordable housing crisis is really fueling inflow into homelessness. But I think what we always say locally is that does not need to stand in our way of ending homelessness for individuals and families. And this is really, really hard work. It is not as fast as all, all of us want, but I think the strategies that we're deploying and by bringing our collective strengths together around a common approach is really starting to show results, uh, which I think continues to show us that despite this, the harsh environment and the headwinds that we're facing, we can continue to make progress, but it's going to require us to really scale up the strategies that are working. So we've got to scale 
outreach, we've got to scale rehousing assistance and wraparound services so that we can continue that progress and just help more neighbors back into permanent housing. So um, I think we're getting to the time of year where you guys do your point in time count, correct? We actually just did that a couple of weeks ago. And and that is, you know, tell our uh, listeners kind of what that means. So the point in time count is a large scale collaboration that mobilizes, you know, close to a thousand volunteers and service providers and staff who all canvas the geographic area of the continuum of care. So all of Dallas and Collin County to uh, to conduct a census and account of individuals and families experiencing homelessness. And the point in time count um, really looks at a snapshot of homelessness on any given night. And we always do that count in the last week of January each year. And the point in time count is very, very important for helping us measure trends. So to assess whether or not homelessness is increasing or decreasing from year to year, and to really look at the impact of our community-wide strategies. Um, And so we rely on that information to understand the direction that we're moving in terms of trends, but also where we need to continue to invest. That's great. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on with me today. Um, We're really encouraged by what you guys are doing. We're really happy to partner with Housing Forward um, and really tell the stories that uh, of what you guys are doing and how it's working, hoping to inspire other communities and cities to do the same thing, to to take some of the lessons that you guys have learned the hard way and apply them um, to their own population. So I appreciate you being on very much. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening and thank you to our sponsor, Truve. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment and make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.